0: Hello, gamers. Welcome to Games and Feelings, an advice show about playing games, being human, and dealing with the fact that those games also involve other humans. I am your host and question keeper, Eric Silver, and my Pokemon gym and gimmick would be an ice type gym, but it's like snow themed, so you have to do a bunch of mini games like sledding races and snowball fights and hot chocolate creation with like milk tank milk or soy milk or whatever they use in fucking Pokemon (laughs) for people who don't have lactose intolerance to get to the main gym.
1: Hi, I'm Misha Stanton. My Pokemon gym is uh, Water and Ghost because it's a haunted beachside town.
0: Oh fuck yeah, dude! I like the idea that you have to do an arcade like a like a Gashapon that like takes your soul and or and swaps you with a ghastly.
1: There's like a fun house mirror in the back. It's just one mirror, but it does allow you passage into the mirror dimension, and like mm. you can it, ripple through it, and it's like a crazy mega arcade.
0: I like that. I like how you were secretly Garatina the whole time. That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Uh, Hi, my name is Matthew James Marquez, I go by Marquez most of the time, pretty much all of the time, and I've thought about this for forever. Uh, My Pokemon gym would be a poison type gym uh, that's just based on theater. You know, uh, spitting insults at each other, uh, Shakespeare style. Uh, That's the poison that I'm playing with. (laughs)
1: I really like that. Spitting verbal poison. Got it. Yes.
0: I like that it's like, can it be like poison normal, but the normal are just the sound Pokemon and they're the crew? Uh,
2: No, because I've uh, known some uh, very, very witty and smart crew people that can spit poison with the best of them. That's fair. All talent
0: is talent. That's my fault. Yeah
1: make sound type its own pokemon type Oh yes
0: of course <laughs> That would be nice But then normal would just be like a cat and Mr. Mime <laughs> So I feel like they have to keep it
1: This is a very hot take Normal should just be a pokemon that doesn't have any types mm, Yeah Like like clear There should be no type and like that's what like scratch and all of those moves are they're just like they don't have one
2: again what is fighting type except a normal type that is trained a bit
0: no that's good i also like the idea because it comes from arceus that like normal is like there's a godliness like there's a clericness of being normal that even though it's basic or you know like the absence of of color is whites something like that sure
1: type
2: purity if you will <laughs> don't let the pokemon hegemony define
0: your <laughs> existence so. it's not my fault there's like a pope in pokemon that they made a g that it was a jesus creation myth i didn't do that i'm just responding to what exists
2: well i personally blame you eric
0: (laughs) that's right no noted jewish gamesman eric silver creates a christian creation myth in pokemon that's me Uh, this is exactly what I wanted from having you two on thank you so much for joining Games and Feelings we're going to give some really good advice both of you are very very knowledgeable in the specific things that you do and I would love to go to our first questions NFAQs not frequently asked questions you can't find this in the Prima Guide you gotta go to the interviews that have been translated and you don't know how good the translation is so maybe if they reference a hippopotamus it's not really a hippopotamus it's a mistranslation Uh, I just need to check with
1: the sources and the source leads back Back to the game FAQ's uh, message boards. It was
0: actually one of you doing a message board, yeah. Uh, Marquez, I would love to start with you. Uh, Matthew James Marquez. Did I remember? Was that your your correct middle name? That is correct, yeah. Okay, I got it. Uh, Marquez Tiberius uh, Marquez. Yep. (laughs) I nailed it the second time. I know you from the wonderful show, Tabletop Potluck, currently on a hiatus, but uh, you and the merry band of gamers would learn a new tabletop RPG game and then play that on an actual play podcast like that's on wax for people to hear you start a new game, which truly makes me break out in sweat. How do you pick up new games and feel confident enough that you like can play it well enough that it deserves to go on wax and you're letting other people hear it?
2: Uh, First off, uh, never have confidence. Uh, Number one rule. I I, I do firmly believe that if you are 100% confident uh, in what you're doing, you will... Uh, fail Uh, (laughs) I think that it's almost impossible to pick up a RPG rulebook and learn all the rules Uh, even if you've been playing it for years there are still rules in the dungeon game uh, that I will never know Uh, those rulebooks are long and incomprehensible to me any rulebook if you sit down like the only RPG that I can learn full is something that is one page I I do think that you just kind of let go of your preconceptions of knowing everything, uh, which can be a little bit scary. That's a big one. It's just like, you're not going to know everything. And also you can't plan out everything.
0: Sure. Like ultimately you're just kind of like, I'm going to play a game with my friends and these, this paper that has words on it helps, but we're just going to like figure it out as it goes.
2: It ultimately doesn't matter. Cause what really matters is what your players react to. And you just have to play along with them because you will have a character that you think is really important, and you've poured your heart and soul into it, and then they will not ask that person's name. (laughs) no nope. <laughs> very fair
1: or the opposite will happen where like you just come up with like a funny little guy in the moment and they're yeah. like what's his name what's his wife's name what's his family like yep. you just gotta roll with it uh
2: the good thing about a lot of rpgs is they do generally tend to live in the world of genre fiction so you could definitely just say these are the things i like from this genre make a bullet point list of aspects that you like and then just have them on hand i like tend to have like factions that's another thing that friends at the table awesome walker likes to have is just factions what house do you belong to that's just such a fun little thing that you can put in like almost every genre of fiction
0: absolutely i think the thing that always trips me up especially when it's a one-page rpg if i look, sit down and i read it and i'm like i have no idea how the dice work in this Like, I think I was playing um, Mothman. Like, oh, Bob Mothman is at my house, and he's sleeping on my couch, and I'm having a really hard time dealing with that. And, like, I was trying to figure out how the dice worked, and I'm just like... I. I don't know. How many dice do I roll? How do I uh, figure out if I win? Like, is it worth kind of just like smooshing it into a game system? You already understand like a lasers and feelings or a PBTA where it's just like, all right, the game mechanics here don't really make sense, but we're going to roll 2d6 and whatever you get, we're going to use PBTA.
2: Uh, I think that, It really doesn't matter at the end of the day what
0: you roll. Hell yeah.
2: Like there is a difference between recording something for, you know, consumption and playing on your own. I think at the end of the day, you could have rules problems when you're recording something and you could just say like, yeah, I got that wrong. Sorry. (laughs) I went back (laughs) and figured that out, but. Uh, it doesn't really change the story that i wanted to tell so if somebody were to ever point that out to you you could just say you got me it was wrong i am not going back and changing what i said
0: someone kicks down your door and they have a portillo's in one hand and a chicago dog in the other and be like i had a lovely time in chicago and you were wrong when you recorded that on the podcast I also knew, I feel like I should give context that you live in Chicago. Someone's not just showing up with the, with the accoutrement to Chicago and just like they're at Marquez's house in New Mexico.
2: Yes. Don't bring me a Chicago hot dog in New Mexico. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you, Marquez. I really appreciate it. I will not bring you that power up. Misha Stanton, I have a question for you. Okay. You are always telling me the hot new craze when it comes to accessibility <laughs> in video games.
1: I try, to see, I try to keep up with it.
0: I know, it's the, the hot new thing that's taken the world by storm. Accessibility, <laughs> allowing everyone to play games. Um, I feel like I just want a platform for you to talk about the thing, maybe if you've seen around. What's, what's your hot take about accessibility right now?
1: My hot take about accessibility right now is uh, how much I dislike get good culture. Yes. That if if somebody plays a game and is like, hey, I'm having a really hard time like physically making my hands move fast enough that I can successfully play this game, and its rabid fan base is like, well, your hands just suck and you can't play this game. And that's bad, and I don't like that. I think that narratives that are important to our culture as we have all collectively decided that video games are and tabletop games are like all, like it's 2022 we all pretty much agree game's important part of culture and so to take that like part of the cultural conversation and put it behind a door of like you have to be uh, able-bodied and smart enough and like all of these things just to participate in the conversation in the first place I'm not going to say it's like abnormal, that happens to disabled people a lot, but it is shitty and bad. (laughs)
0: Fair, very fair.
1: So, like, this has come up a lot because uh, a lot of my friends are playing Elden Ring. And uh, that is a game for a variety of reasons and a genre of game for a variety of reasons I feel like I uh, have a hard time participating in. I have hand joints that are bad. I have, like, a low tolerance for frustration due to my neurodivergencies. It's just, like, not a game that I have ever felt was trying to ever meet me halfway or, like, a genre. I This is to say, uh, all of my friends are talking about Elden Ring, what I'm talking about is Bloodborne, but in my brain, they're the same game. True. I mean, <laughs> I know fair. they're not.
0: I mean, they're, they almost <sighs> are
1: though. Uh, they're the same game. <laughs> okay, great. Good. I feel better. But for a counter example, uh, Eric, you and several of my other friends also uh, finally got me to play Control four years late. And like the one thing you probably could have said to me to get me to play Control sooner is, hey, did you know you can go into the settings and turn off dying? Like no matter how many times people shoot you versus you shoot them, like you'll just continue to progress and you won't get level reset if that's a thing you want to do if you just want to experience the story of control which is very cool and i would have been like whoa uh, let me go turn that on immediately and that's exactly what happened and sure i get hit and i try to get hit as little as possible because that's like part of the fun of playing it but also just because i get really really stressed out in shooters And like that compounds, like I'll get shot and I'll I'll start freaking out and then I'll get shot more and I'll freak out more. And all of a sudden I'm dead and I like lose my directional awareness, which is also very important in shooters to have control. Be like, hey, when that happens, you don't have to reset your progress or lose anything is nice, is good. And lets me just like experience the actual story without getting tripped up or stressed out.
0: Yeah, we're just like some dudes who aren't that good at video games and don't want you to be yelled at on the Internet. So I appreciate like we're seeing the various ways of how being accessible is good for all people, for var- for yeah. the, all of the various reasons they have, not just like baby shit.
1: If you want to like take that further, like my partner, Erin, has cerebral palsy and she uh, doesn't have control over her left hand. So like gripping a controller is. Just to play any game is a thing she has to contend with. I know that there are um, adaptive controllers and APIs for adaptive controllers that like cross platforms. Like for example, I think you can use the Xbox adaptive controller system with a Nintendo Switch, and there's like a Steam map for it. So I know that there are those options, and there that that in particular is pretty accessible. And I'm following you know development and software development of it as it gets more and more into the hands of disabled people who can actually modify it for their own needs. But then there's also. Uh, Uh, What's a good example? We played God of War 2018 together, where I was kind of the hands and the the dexterity of it. But that was a game, especially that one, because it's all supposed to be like a one shot. You know, it's like the camera is continuous. It's very Mm -hmm. immersive for an RPG. And so she felt like she could stay in it and she was really doing a lot of the problem solving. I don't really know that there's like a concrete thing that made that more accessible versus other things. But in a very abstract way, that narrative was more accessible than a game that like puts those kind of things behind a wall.
0: I definitely agree with that. And I think that people, maybe in the conversation that we have about our game's art, because obviously that's good because we're looking at it and we care about it and we want it to be an artistic medium that people are putting time and effort into. It also needs to be fun. Yeah, like that's the thing about the things we are going to talk about on this show. It is an activity you do to have fun, and uh, gating that behind the type of fun that I think people are supposed to have is is really kind of whack. And a lot of the problems that people are bumping into when we talk about the questions we have on the show.
1: That also comes down to, like, the psychographic of the type of gamer you are.
0: Oh, fuck yeah, dude.
1: There is a certain type of person who plays games and has fun by proving that they're better than other people at that game. And that's not just a competitive game like Magic the Gathering where you're playing a physical person. Like, that can be a single-player game. (laughs) like, And that mindset... um, Sucks, and I don't make friends with those people.
2: Listen, if you add accessibility options to your games, you don't have to use them. Yeah. Yeah,
1: Like, (laughs) there's an entire section of the speedrun website where you type in exactly what your modifications to the game are and how you're completing it. Like... It doesn't invalidate people who don't use those things being good at the game. Like, you're not worse at the game because someone else gets to play it.
0: It's almost like the things that we say in other spaces when we talk about this are also applicable to games. Just because it exists doesn't mean it doesn't ruin your shit. Just don't use it. You don't need to do the thing that other people need.
1: That's how I view gender. Good. <laughs> That's fair.
0: All right. You two want to answer some uh, some advice questions? Yes. Yes. Okay. I have a question here uh, that's from Isabella. uh, But because I am the question keeper, I reserve the right to give you a silly advice column type (laughs) name. Uh, So this is from Run Pacifist Run. How to do an evil slash mean run in choice games and not feel like a human failure? Now, I want to say first and foremost, we do not feel that way for you. I understand you're putting that out there and that is an experience you're having. None of us here feel like you're a failure just because you, like, kicked a chicken in Fable 2.
1: (laughs) Just so you know. No, I I think that there is a kind of game, and by kind of game, I mean Undertale. Right. Where be, where <laughs> the game tells you don't hurt people or you're a bad person, which is a great lesson to take with you in real life. And Undertale was important in that way because it was really the the heaviest handed version of that question being posed to players of video games in a modern context. But like... The reason that there is content in Undertale for if you don't do a pacifist run means that that's a valid way to play the game. Yes. Like, if the game didn't want you to hurt someone, it wouldn't let you. Games are closed systems. The fact that there are options means that there's content to explore. And as a content consumer, you are allowed and within your rights to explore that content.
2: I do dislike when games slap you on the hand and go, look at you. You did this when you don't have a
0: choice. Oh, you mean The Last of Us 2? Yeah. (laughs) Which is the literal entire embodiment of that entire goddamn game is look at how you killed people. I can't believe you did that.
1: There's actually a prime example of this. Uh, Again, with my partner, Aaron, Uh, another game we bought to play together in that way was Shadow of the Colossus Remastered for PS4. And we played the first Colossus and Aaron said, no I hate this she saw that titan fall with that dramatic music and that beautiful cinematography and was like no I hate this I don't want to play this anymore turn it off please and I said congratulations you beat Shadow of the Colossus good job yes valid (laughs) valid reaction literally the only way to
2: win that game (laughs) yes Uh, I would like to say to the question asker You can always look up that option on YouTube and you never have to make that choice. And it's kind of like you're making that choice because you're typing it into the bar, like Bad Run Mass Effect, and you can just watch all of that Renegade scenes and you didn't make that choice. That was someone else. That's over there. I can still enjoy the cutscene, but I didn't make that choice. Honestly,
0: it is such a blessing to all of us who want to do scary things and bad things then we can just look it up on YouTube and it's totally fine. I think we kind of alluded to two things. There are two different questions here. One is the Shadow of the Colossus thing that Misha just said, and the The Last of Us 2 thing, where the video game is pushing your, your face into the toilet and giving you a swirly and telling you you're a bad yeah. person. I think that we definitely touched on that one. The game is doing it to you. You're, you're experiencing. They want you to do that. The other one is the Undertale thing, and the other one's like that is where a group of people who love the game are telling you you're a bad person for choosing a choice i think that peer pressure element and and being able to like say that freely without having a bunch of uh sans undertales get in your menchies which i don't know if it happens anymore but definitely happened only a few years ago like what do you do when the when the group of people who love the game are telling you you're right or you're wrong touch grass
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) honestly like unfortunately the answer is to like close twitter and tumblr and go back to enjoying the game you're playing. Yeah. Because, again, like, games like Undertale, games where they do truly give you the option and it's the fan base telling you that there's only one way to play it, like, the fan base is wrong. Yeah. There's multiple (laughs) ways to play it, as evidenced by the fact that the people who made the game programmed in more than one way to play it. Like, that's the same kind of people who will, like... Completely stop talking to you after being friends with you from like childhood because you said a thing that they disagree with about Steven Universe.
0: Oh God! Oh my God! Like
1: chill the fuck out. Oh
0: Jesus! <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah, I I forgot that the, there was an option to just, just turn off your internet. Like you go go to that little button up there and that says Wi-Fi and said turn off and then you can get off.
2: It's the that. same thing as turning off Shadow of the Colossus. That's a <laughs> valid
0: option. I love Aaron Aaron Speed ran. Shadow of the Colossus.
1: She beat Shadow of the Colossus in eight minutes. It's incredible. Any percent speedrun.
0: <laughs> Any percent morality speedrun turn off video game.
1: Any percent, eight percent, and then we turned it off. Yep. <laughs> um, I, I don't want to belittle the fact that, like, okay, yes, that does involve, like, cutting yourself off from community but, like, sure. those people suck and find a better community. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: No, that's fair. I think that is fair. Like, you know, you don't have to take that shit. I realize that extracting yourself from that is bad. But, like, you should not internalize that. That is an external factor putting on you. And if someone is doing that, you can be like, hey, can you not tell me I'm a bad person because I hurt Sans Undertale? I think that that's wor- that's worthwhile thing to say to another person if they are making you feel bad.
2: I say that to people all the time. That exact sentence. <laughs>
0: I, Marquez, you're at your job and you pick up the phone and being like, stop telling me I feel I'm bad because of Sans Undertale. <laughs> then you put it down.
1: I heard
2: Sans Undertale all the time.
1: Listen, he's he's already bones. He can take it.
0: Run, past this run. Don't feel like you're a bad person because you're interacting with art and you don't have to tell anyone on Twitter or Tumblr and if someone's telling you that you feel bad, that's on them.
1: I will also say, if you do a genocide run of Undertale and then you manage to beat sans in that final fight man that's some bragging rights holy shit yeah
0: i'm trying to think are there any other games that i'm that we're not thinking of that like really make you feel bad about this stuff
2: oh uh yes yeah. back up's the line
0: oh that's a good one yeah yeah,
2: you you just kind of like do a, a war crime and then they're like how do you feel about doing this war crime that you pressed a to commit and it's like i don't <laughs> feel bad i feel like i wasted 60 bucks yeah <laughs>
0: I think that one's important, though, because if you're willingly buying, like, a U.S. Army shooter. Oh,
1: yeah, it's meta important, but, like... It's important that a thing sponsored by the U.S. military said the quiet part out loud, but I did already spend the money on this game from my paycheck.
0: Right. I also think that if you are feeling bad about this, you might not be the target audience that needs to be explicitly told about that, that you're doing yes. a bad job. It sounds like you have emotions that are accessible to people who are making art and game and are pushing at it. So I think you're fine. Good job having feelings.
2: Like like, what if you played an entire RPG uh, where like Dungeons and Dragons and your DM threw a bunch of goblins at you, but didn't tell you that it was an option to not kill them, and then said and here's the goblin babies that uh, have no parents now you would be like cool I'm quitting this game
0: (laughs) I've heard of that before I really have but like I've only heard that in the way where someone needs to be punished like you need to tell your murder hobo group that like things have stakes and people are people and monsters are people like I've never heard someone do that from the jump and being like whoa I already knew that people were people you don't have to lay it on thick in my in my fun time like you didn't have to do that
2: like I've always told my players like this town has laws and
1: if you commit murder things will happen to you the kind of person who needs that in their ttrpg experience the kind of person who spends the first five levels being a murder hobo generally getting into chaos picking the chaotic choice even if it hurts bystanders without thought to them the kind of person who needs the session where you go look at these goblin wife and children I feel like is the same kind of person who would learn that lesson and go oh killing NPCs is wrong play Undertale for a pacifist run and then shame people who don't on the internet that's fair There's like a linear progression through like one thing where you like you got the first point, but now you have to like get the second point. You know what I mean? Like you're still going. It's all about given expectations.
2: Does the game give you the choice to do this? Does the GM tell you that you have an option here? Like you can't punish people. Like what if at the end of Bioshock you were punished for the plot twist of bioshock you're not punished for it they're not like wow look at you you were just being weak it was
1: like no uh andrew ryan is um uh, wrong and a bad guy uh (laughs) there's also a game with a moral mechanic that builds in meta commentary about how we play video games without making you feel bad for any particular choice i guess they do kind of shame you a little bit but like it's all in good fun i feel like in bioshock
0: (laughs)
2: yeah listen i'm not gonna get into bioshock infinite
0: i can't do it That doesn't count. That was like, what if it was the 1950s in the sky? Is that good? Is that good for you?
1: What if we built a video game concept around the idea of hiring postmodern jukebox for the music?
0: (laughs) and also everything was fine starting in 1952 and we should never question it
1: actually have y'all played Bioshock Infinite yes the best part in that game is where you find that wall scroll like or that that painting or it's like a canvas or a wall or something where it says like city waterline no city cloud yes (laughs) (laughs) that's in there they put that in the game it's great good that's very
0: funny Wonderful. I think that we we have uh, tapped into it. We finally nailed it. It's, all cities should be on clouds, and that would make everything better. This is the snack break. You know how you call time on everyone to get chips and go pee? It's like that, but for Games and Feelings, the podcast. Thank you to everyone who has been listening and sharing the show. It has been wild to start a podcast in the year of our Lord, 2022, but it's been a lot of fun, and thank you for everyone who's been reaching out. Please tell us if you're liking the show. Compliments fuel my body, so I definitely want that. We were featured on Pocket Cast and hit nine in hobbies on the Apple Podcast charts, which is pretty cool because Critical Role is number one, and they're like... A full company and backed by Amazon. So it's pretty cool. The best way to grow the show is to share it with a friend. So share this episode with someone who loves games, advice, jokes, or interesting guests, any and everything in between. We will also eventually have ads here because this is the mid roll slash snack break. So our first ad is for our Patreon, patreon.com slash games and feelings. Here is the big goal once we get 100 patrons, we'll go weekly. That is our ultimate goal. We really want the show to go weekly, but we need some support from all of you. But that's not all. At $5 a month, you get a feed of bonus questions, more games and feelings audio for you, where we dig into classic advice columns and see if we can solve their problems from a gamer perspective. At $10, you get the secret priority question form, where I deliver advice hot and ready for you, uh, and you are much more likely to have your questions addressed than just the regular form. $20 is supporting producer teams, year where i read your name every single episode and at 69 a month nice you get me for an hour on video chat doing whatever games related stuff you want and of course for any and all patrons i will read your names out loud that is patreon.com slash games and feelings and now back to the games do you want you all want another question yes yes please Okay. Here's a good question from two people who spend a lot of time thinking about tabletop RPGs. This is from Bra Bra, but I'm going to come up with a different name and call them uh, the store-bought is fine. (laughs) What's a good way to balance homebrew and published content? I love homebrew, while the party is half rules lawyers and half new to Dungeons & Dragons. I think specifically the homebrew that they're talking about are, like, coming up with new game mechanics from scratch. Like, we're not even talking about reskinning where you can point to something maybe that's already published and say, no, this is fine. This is where this comes from. Coming up with brand new mechanics and then the rules lawyers poking at it and the new players being a little bit, maybe being a little bit confused or not knowing how to approach it.
2: I want to be in your game first off. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i i think that that sounds like a lot of fun uh as for dealing with that i i have done this before uh where i have brought in a homebrew uh like little mini game and uh it was met with skepticism and confusion the goal should be hey guys let me just try this. If it doesn't work, like that's fine. But I, I really think that this was a cool, interesting thing. Like I, I hate giving the same answer that I gave last time, but it's about giving expectations that you present to your players like uh, rules lawyers, just reach them ahead of the pass and just be like, listen, I know that this might be clunky but I want to figure out what in this works so I can readjust it. And instead of waiting for them to knock at all of the things that you didn't do right, to ask them for feedback so that you can, you know, fix it or readjust it and say, like, you're going to actually be my helper and like get a get ahead of them on that. Just be like, this is your job. but Please don't be mean, but be nice.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's about setting expectations. It's about communication, like being upfront about when and on what you would like feedback. Yeah, that's the kind of thing. Be like, hey, I'm going to homebrew a thing. And, the you know, rules lawyers, you like poking at it, but please don't intentionally try to break it and have a bad time because we have new players. I also, I'll also also say, like, I homebrew a lot, but I always tell newbies that I'm doing it. Yes. Even if this is their first and only game of D&D, where, like, if I never told them they would think this was part of the game, mm-hmm. sure. uh, I'll be like, hey, this is actually a thing I've made up just so you know if you ever try to go play another game, this is a thing that's only here, just so that they have... Proper expectations for future games, and maybe that's me being nicer to their future DMs than I necessarily need to be. But I'm a nice person. You're welcome. <laughs> um, yeah, I like you know homebrew is game design, and a yes. an iterative feedback process is integral to game design. That's how that's how QA works. That's how games get better. Um, so so telling people that that's what you're trying to do before they go in might help them frame their commentary in a direction that helps you more
0: uh, misha hold on i have to reach through the screen and i'm putting a gold star on your face there you go good job oh no i touched your nipple i'm so
1: sorry i that's <laughs> not where my face is <laughs> i mean
0: i i was having a hard time getting through the screen i'm not as dexterous on the other
1: side i'm not against it but you need to check
0: your aim pal <laughs> i'm working on it I, these powers are new for me my uh, electro <laughs> <laughs> telecommunication
2: also uh Dungeons and Dragons released a whole system and then had
0: to rework the ranger class. So what, what is have they even reworked the ranger class? Like, it, that's the weird thing about actually published Dungeons and Dragons is that like they just publish a bunch of shit that doesn't like negate the old stuff. It's like, use this, I guess. I don't know if you want to. If
1: you feel like using this one today, you can.
2: So the newer editions of the player's handbook have a different ranger than the original ones because they had to fix it. Because it wasn't
0: balanced enough. <laughs> oh, I didn't even know that. That's impressive. But it's not the full. It's not the fully reworked one. It's just like balanced, right?
2: It's no. It's the one that they reworked. Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: Because that's exactly that's explicitly and they don't talk about that obviously because they don't want to admit they're wrong ever. But like, it's very funny. Let's see. We're talking about the way that they consider race in monsters. The only thing that they did when they put it in uh, Tasha's bowl of magic, <laughs> which I swirled up together.
2: I love that book. Uh, tasha's bowl of soup yeah <laughs> delicious is
0: that they're like yeah if you don't want to use race essentialist stats don't i guess it's, they very much put it in the hands of the player which i think is kind of irresponsible but i think that it does then says you can do whatever you want at the table and it's your choice
2: but and, and that's a, to me that's a cop-out because that's all
1: rules for rpgs yeah that's always been true since the first edition
0: what are you talking about you have to follow exactly what they write why would they be an entire company that you have to spend six hundred dollars on books for if you don't follow it to the letter
1: (laughs) that is the rule zero of every game uh, Mm -hmm. is just like yes all of these are the rules by which you should play a game but rule zero of every game is talk to the people you're playing the game with talk about what kind of game you want to have and have it do whatever you need to to change it so that it's the game you want to be playing with your friends yeah
0: I, that's very interesting. I wonder what the motivation of the rules lawyers are. Maybe, like, I've kind of excised all the people who want to break my game from being able to play my game because they're mean and jerks, and I told them they were mean and jerks.
1: I don't know, Eric. You and I both play games with Julia Shafini. <laughs>
0: yeah, but I punish, <laughs> I punish Julia Schifini by making her cry over family situations.
1: <laughs> yeah, okay, fair. So do I.
2: That's
0: also fair. <laughs> and then we take away her powers.
2: <laughs> See, I think that for rules lawyers, I think that... The good ones, because like the good rules warriors, I think, want to make sure that everyone is playing the game the same way. Mm -hmm. I'm just thinking of like, what I hate is rolling stats in Dungeons and Dragons, because sometimes someone will get like, well, I've got three 17s and then I'll go, well, I've got. 115 like and 112 and like three tens, and well that's just inherently gonna keep my character back
0: i 100 percent agree with you on this i always use standard
2: yeah and so like a bad rules lawyer will say well that's how we decided to do it so that's you know and it's in the rule book but it's like i don't know there's something about the rule book that it gives you so many options to do something different so how is there a right answer no
1: <laughs> that's just like a real lawyer it's like yes you <laughs> have the written letter of the law, but it's open to interpretation by all sides, depending on what everybody wants out of the situation. And what if the law is wrong? Yeah, and what (laughs) if the law is wrong and should be changed? That's also a thing we do. Like, Abrea Iyengar on Dimension 20, The 7, developed this reputation over the course of that campaign of, like, being, like, a public defender rules lawyer, where she would come in with rules things so that the players could get advantage and wouldn't really bring up when the players were wrong. And, like, There's a certain defending of your fellow players in situations that are malleable. That is more noble than attempting to manipulate the language of the rules as written to gain a personal advantage at the cost of the other people at the table. Like that's, that's a sleazy rules lawyer. That's, that's like an ambulance chaser rules. lawyer. I was like, that's
2: Saul Goodman.
1: (laughs) I am currently watching better call Saul. So yeah, it's on my mind.
0: Have you been injured in a Dungeons and dragons accident? Hi, I'm Eric silver injury rules lawyer, and you don't get paid unless nat twenties are on
1: your board. Bob Odenkirk in goblin makeup and fake teeth with a medieval material, but like well cut lawyer suit. I'm I'm putting that into my next campaign.
0: That really feels like a Mr. Show sketch. Honestly, I'm surprised that that doesn't exist. (laughs) And then David Cross comes in and does like a very racist accent for some reason. Like that that definitely (laughs) aged poorly. Yeah. It's funny that we're making comparisons between rules lawyers and actual lawyers because like I think the issue similar to how we deal with the Supreme Court is that you can just like kind of tweet at Jeremy Crawford who works there and like see what he has to say. Like that like there is a higher court than what is actually at your table. And like I I, I like that a lot. No,
2: (laughs) I don't like that. (laughs)
0: <laughs> sorry I was thinking about dungeon court and not another D&D oh, podcast oh, okay. like I like being able to ask someone else if they can adjudicate but I do not I agree I do not like at going above the person who's at the table like the whole point I'm running the game don't try to fucking take out my knees while I'm trying to make us all have fun
2: if a player went behind my back and tweeted at Jeremy Crawford well my GM said this uh, what is the real rule and then showed it to me as though it is a like word of God I would be Like cool now I definitely don't want that rule in my game definitely
1: yeah yeah for sure I would I would definitely be like okay well rules is written Uh, there's an NPC that you didn't know about that's a 20th level wizard that casts meteor swarm have fun
0: I know it's like the only thing holding this whole thing together is that the person who has decided to tell the story doesn't just say fuck you guys like I you know like let's all why can't we all just be harmonious and like listen I'm just trying to have fun and i think ultimately what misha you said in the beginning of this question is like i want to do something so that it can accommodate the game we're playing or give you something very specific i hope you like it if it's broken we'll fix it yeah yeah they're like i that that's enough like we're all just trying to have fun here
2: and if it's not fun if this ends up being not fun i'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Like, I misjudged that.
1: (laughs) And if your version of fun comes at the cost of everyone else's fun, that becomes a, like, hey, let's stop the game and have a conversation about how we act together person to person. That is where, like, a heavy conversation outside of the game probably needs to happen, because those people should change their behavior. I have been one of those people. Did it help? So what happens
2: is I in character sometimes uh say that someone's idea is not the greatest and then the person is like yeah but i really like that idea and i wanted to do it i was like I am very sorry. I will not do that anymore. It's like, no, you in character had an idea and me in character shot it down. Uh, I would like you to know that in the future, you can uh, crap on my character if I were to do that again. But also, I'll try not to do that again. Like I I want you to have fun if you have a weird idea. Because I think that uh, another thing is like people sometimes are just like, well, my character would say this. It was like, yeah, but what's good for the fun of the people playing as opposed to the constructed character that you have in your brain
1: yeah that's a big thing too is that like you can make your character such that they would do anything so that like it being in character for the character you've been playing is no excuse for killing the fun for everyone else yeah like you don't get character development at the cost of the game not being fun yes nothing is funnier
0: to me and i wish people did this more on actual play recorded stuff but I, I wish I could do this more off of it is to, is me saying my character hates this but the player loves this that sentence that. is so perfect that it's enough for you to say you just need to give me a reason to go along with this and I will say I will make the imaginary man I'm controlling say yes you know yes. this is also yeah. I, I think about the times that someone plays like a knight or a paladin someone like a very or Batman for that matter with like a very hard No fun (laughs) of ethics. But like, no, you you try to make it happen and be like, I want you to happen, but you need to give me something that will make that will give me some excuse. So it's like, well you're blindfolded for the rest of the session. I'm like, perfect, thank you. (laughs) Or like, I'm turned around. I I refuse to turn around for the entire time we're in this brothel. I'm only gonna look behind me and down at the ground. Like, (laughs) that's very funny. And you can put yourself in that particular situation as long as you, the player, are available to putting yourself into a silly situation to accommodate it by your your code of ethics. And whether that's your player or you as a rules person.
2: Listen, Batman, you have a thing about not killing you could just look away <laughs> <laughs>
0: Batman walks away as Deadpool says alrighty friends uh, something though that I am very happy about this we've already said the point is to have fun to so many questions we've done so far is it going to be a repetitive thing this is why I love this show and I want this show to continue is that you know how most advice shows are just talk to your friend talk to your mother yeah talk to the bride it's the same thing is we're just trying to have fun here is He's ultimately the the response to a lot of these questions.
1: Well, the reason we've elevated games in our cultural discourse is because fun has become a very important building block of our society. I mean, on the darkest end of that, it's like capitalism has come up with a way to distract you from the dystopia it's creating around you, and that's important industry. But like on the other positive end, like having fun in the face of a world that tells you just to be a cog in a machine and not feel things is radical Mm
2: -hmm. having fun is a precious resource exactly
1: yeah it's one of the 12
0: resources that we have in this world but it's the one that i actually understand and i know how to trade for different for sheep for wheat for fun
1: a lot of people make funny maslow's hierarchy of needs jokes but like fun is in there fun is like it's one of the top couple layers but like it's super in there
0: i think there's also something really important about doing something that doesn't make the numbies go up or that you're just like i'm gonna do something just because because i like it because it makes us all feel good like who cares that i spent 70 dollars on this super edition book and someone in a corporation wrote it and we're just gonna do the thing that makes the most sense i think there's something very uh i don't know i don't want to say radical but like fuck doesn't it see, feel like a really powerful act sometimes
1: yeah powerful act is a good way to talk about it too it may seem frivolous because of the values that our society puts on it but like it is powerful to be in a room with people you care about and all experience joy together
0: marquez i want to give you the last word just because i i us, us two jews feel like we interrupt for fun so i want to give you the last word
1: <laughs> i would like to say
2: that uh stealing from large companies in order to have fun isn't really stealing Awesome, I
0: like it. Someone cross-stitch that, please. I would love that.
1: Where's the Games and Feelings merch store? Let's go.
2: <laughs> oh no, That uh, this PDF of Dungeons and Dragons fell off the back of a truck.
0: Uh, <laughs> chew! Oh no, I spilled Dungeons and Dragons on the ground. I hope someone picks it up.
2: Oh no, I, f- I, I have a bunch of Magic the Gathering proxies of $300 cards. Where did these come from? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm just dropping them everywhere. My, still, my hands are so slippery. Somebody I've been playing Magic the Gathering with recently has a proxy smothering tithe that's just Bernie Sanders. I'm once again asking. Good, good, great. <laughs>
0: Speaking of fun, I would like to go to our final segment: queries from the internet. <laughs> that's just what Misha and I
2: are. We're queries from. A-O. The- A-O.
0: A-O. A-O. All right, queers in the internet, sometimes we take a question from Quora, sometimes we look into the Yahoo Answers archive, uh, or somewhere else on the internet to give us a response for our very impressive advice givers here. Um, I have something for my new favorite Twitter account called Depths of Wikipedia. I found this, and I really, just come with me on this journey here. I found a list of games that Buddha would not play. Oh, (laughs) Okay. <laughs> okay. The the, <laughs> the Buddhist games list, the I mean the first blogger apparently was Buddha, um, is a list of games that Buddha is reputed to have said that he would not play, and his disciples should not likewise play, because he believed them to be, quote, a cause for negligence. This list dates back to the sixth or fifth century BC, and it's the earliest list of games. A for a list of games that you shouldn't play, which I find very, very funny. Now, um, I want you to give a recommendation to Buddha uh, to of a game he should play, and from any time over or at any type of game, whether it's a video game, a tabletop RPG, or a card game, or a or, or laser tag, or whatever. Um, but he has quite a number of stipulations.
1: Okay.
2: He should play Elden Ring because existence is suffering. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and the whole point of uh, eternal uh, reoccurrence is to get good. <laughs>
1: Reincarnation is get good culture. You heard it here first. (laughs) Incredible. All right. Uh, All right.
0: Uh, Misha, do you have one to start with for Buddha that Buddha should play?
1: I think that Buddha should play Rocket League because existence is suffering and be good.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Perfect. (laughs) I love that you come to Buddha and you're like, Buddha, here's a different philosophy. The thing you're coming up with, it doesn't matter. This stuff doesn't matter. It's fine. (laughs) All right, there are 16 here. I'll try to whip through them, uh, and I hope that you enjoy them. Uh, The first thing Buddha says not to do is play games on boards with 8 or 10 rows.
2: Oh, my. Okay. Wait, (laughs) but is 9 okay?
0: Apparently 9 is okay. It seems like there were a lot of dice games that had this number of rows or a a kind of, like, precursor to chess that uh, they were playing at the time and in the area that was specifically like this. However, if you take the board away, that doesn't count because you can't play the same games on imaginary boards.
2: Also, (laughs) where does columns fit in? If you have a different number of columns, can't you just flip the board a certain way and then the rows are now uh, no longer that number?
1: That's it, Marquez, you outsmarted Buddha. Good job. (laughs) I love this
0: idea of Marquez as a disciple of Buddha and you go up to the Holy, the Eminence. Uh, Yeah, he's sitting by like a nine by eight
2: uh, board and I just kind of (laughs) like, move it and he just goes
0: ah <laughs> that's marquez the wise you don't know that disciple of Buddha? i love that yeah. guy um all right number three is games of marking diagrams on the floor that's so a player can only walk in certain places it seems like this was referring to a version of hopscotch that they were playing in the oh game. yeah okay. i was
1: gonna say no hopscotch no hopscotch uh
2: i'm i'm in favor of this rule
0: no, um, there. There's another game that where players either remove pieces of a pile or add pieces to it, uh, and b- <laughs> with the loser being the one who causes the heap to shake.
1: That's anti-Semitic. No dreidel.
0: <laughs> no dreidel. No pick up sticks. No jacks. Is what it. No Jenga.
1: Like. No Jenga. No Jenga.
0: Uh, all games of throwing dice are out. No dice. Uh, here's a very specific one, which I don't know what this game is. Dipping the hand with the fingers it stretched out into lac, red dye, or flower water, and striking the wet hand on the ground or on the wall and calling out what shall it be and showing the form required elephants horses etc
1: that is so much more specific than the other ones (laughs) that's not a game (laughs) (laughs) it seems like some sort of charades right buddha says no hand turkeys (laughs) no because you're not
2: you're not guessing what the other person made you're just kind of like in art interpretation he's asking you not to interpret art that you put on the wall so so like but does that mean like no shadow puppetry
0: yeah, I assumed it was something like shadow puppetry and Traits were the two that came to mind of some yeah. sort of thing like that.
2: I'm going to um, put my hand in red paint and slap it against the wall and ask you uh, if it's a bear or something.
0: No, Marquez, you have to say, what shall it be? What shall it be? <laughs> what shall it be? Um, all ball games are out. No balls. You can't blow through a toy pipe made of leaves, that's bullshit, I didn't know that was a game, but apparently it is. I guess it's since it's nature, I don't know, I don't know these rules. This is what's this is, here, this is the translation from Wikipedia. There are a lot of playing with toy work like work equipment, so you can't play with a toy plow, you can't play with a toy windmill, you can't play with a toy measure, you can't play with toy carts, and you can't play with toy bows.
2: Oh, I love toy windmills.
0: So no mousetrap. No yeah. mousetrap. Mousetrap <laughs> is out. You can't play the game where you trace your finger in the air or on a friend's back and they need to guess the letter. I swear to I, God I, that I one's in I play in this there. game all the time.
1: Wait, I used to play this game with my mom when I was a kid. That makes me really sad.
0: Well, Buddha says no. <laughs> Buddha says no. Buddha says no. You can't guess a friend's thoughts. <laughs> so no 20 questions. That one links directly to charades. So I don't know why the person on Wikipedia thought that one was guessing a friend's thoughts as charades. And the one where you say, what
1: shall it be, is not. But Yeah, what shall it be is also that. That's also that.
2: <laughs> so like, does the Buddha think that asking someone, what am I thinking about right now? Is that a
0: game to... Apparently, it seems like it. And finally, the last one's actually pretty good. And I could see why this was added to the bottom. It's like the Buddha's like, all right, 15. And then some people did some whack shit and he had to add it to the bottom. The last one is imitating deformities. Oh. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Great.
2: Good, good, Buddha. That one's the best one.
0: You could see that, like, everyone was like, all right, we can't play with a ball. And then they did something really, really rude. And Buddha's like, stop, fucking stop that. I'm putting it on the list. (laughs) I'm putting (laughs) it on the games list. And
2: you know what? I'm putting no ball games on the list because of that
0: (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't say on wikipedia but in between six and eight he wrote ball games really small (laughs) 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 all right we have the things that buddha can't play
1: do y'all have any recommendations for games for buddha i have a follow-up question sure when it says no ball games yeah at what size uh is a ball no longer a ball that's a great question it's a great question
0: because yeah this this is is how I DM is where I say what are you thinking (laughs) to an obscure question someone asks me
1: so I believe that Chinese checkers actually fulfills all which is not a Chinese game so Buddha not knowing about it it's actually a German game I looked this up recently Mm -hmm. Um, Chinese checkers does not have a board that has eight or ten rows Mm -hmm. Um, it doesn't make you guess people's thoughts you don't have to walk in a place on a ground the only thing is do marbles count as balls
0: I don't think so. I think that's a game piece.
1: Okay, then I'm gonna go with Chinese checkers. That's
0: good. I think that fulfills all sixteen, unless the name site is Chinese checkers is like unless that is uh, overarching.
1: We can call it what they call it in German, which is like starboard or something.
0: That's fair because I think that that might be under the umbrella of doing wha- doing whack shit. <laughs> I think is what sixteen is like. Don't be don't be rude. Don't do don't be whack. Candyland. That's good. I guess there really is mm. no – because it is all luck, though, and there's nothing specifically about luck. That...
2: There's dice, but
1: there's not cards.
0: <laughs> Buddha has forbidden dice, but Candyland is done by pulling cards, correct?
1: Yes. There's so... There's two versions of it. I will oh. say I don't often consider Candyland a game because there's no ability for strategy to affect the outcome. In addition to luck, but also a bunch of stuff that Buddha listed weren't games neither. <laughs> yes. So we're fine.
0: A toy pipe is not a game, Buddha. So Chill, dog. Yes. So he, really, he got really fucking bothered by one of his disciples blowing out a pipe. And he's like, it's going on the games list. Oh
1: my God, would you stop playing that, please? Stop. What? What am I doing? let's <laughs> going
0: on the list.
2: He was just like hitting a ball against the wall and catching it. And it was just. Constant, constant noise.
0: He's trying to find enlightenment,
2: and you just hear kthunk, kthunk, kthunk. Also, the Game of Life?
0: That could be good. That's a good one. Oh, but Marquez, you know that part where you get a child and then you say, what shall it be? I think that's forbidden. <laughs> oh, yeah. No one talks about how Milton Bradley was around in the time that Buddha was around. <laughs> no one talks about that.
1: You don't remember the time that Milton Bradley went on live stream and slapped paint on his hand and then slapped <laughs> the wall and said, what shall it be? <laughs> what shall it what be? Shall it be? <laughs> Milton Bradley's hit game, What Shall It Be? No, you know what?
2: i've I've gone around. I think that's the best game on the list. Um, <laughs> I think that this best game we've talked about today is what shall it be?
0: <laughs> it's the fact It's the fact that he had to list three Specific. different liquids. Yeah, he had to list three different liquids, being like, "Oh, but what if we use water, flower instead of red dye?" Buddha won't can't get mad at me. But you can play with other colored dyes, though. <laughs> that's very true. The trade routes were particularly vibrant because they were trying to come up with the different colored dyes to to get around Buddha.
2: I mean, that's the reason I was kicked out of uh, Buddha's uh, disciples because uh, I kept, you know, bringing up loopholes <laughs> to. Uh, his proclamations and he's like you gotta get out of here man
0: hey Marquez I appreciate what you're doing but if you're more focused on the games than enlightenment you gotta go
2: like I only gave these rules secondhand. it's not like my main part of my teachings like <laughs> like I have a whole thing there's a whole religion based on my teachings but you're just really focused on the game <laughs> section
0: nothing is funnier to me than someone like uh, like a high school student looking up Buddha and then getting like sidetracked and finding them. And when like they go to their world history class, he's like, oh, the guy who hated games. Yeah, I know that guy. I looked him up on Wikipedia.
1: Listen, Buddha put out an LFG message and then you show up for game night and there's all these different rules about what games you can play. You got to find a new play group. That's all yeah. i <laughs>
0: We're here to have fun, not find enlightenment. We're here to have fun, Buddha! <laughs> oh my god. That was a radical act, and that, that was fucking ridiculous. <laughs> uh, I appreciate both of you so much for being here. Uh, why don't you tell folks where they can find you on the internet and what you're doing?
2: You can find me, Marquez, on Twitter at Marquez the GM, where I'm most likely tweeting about X-Men. <laughs> uh,
1: you can find me on Twitter at Misha, etc. M-I-S-C-H-A-E-T-C. And you can find my work right here on this podcast feed because I edit this podcast, baby!
0: (gasps) Clap, 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 (laughs) clap.
1: Please check me out on Twitter uh, at L
0: underscore silvero E L underscore S I L V E R O my name if I was a Luce Libre Wrestler. You can also find the show on Twitter at games and feelings, like it's the linens and things. The N in there because it was too long for Twitter. Um if you want to submit a question, the best place to check that out is to go to our website that is gamesandfeelings.com slash questions. And you can support the show by going to patreon.com slash games and feelings. You can check out those links in the episode description. Thank you so much again, Misha. Marquez, I'm always going to be having fun and thinking about you when I'm having fun and playing What Shall It Be. What shall it be? What shall it it be? be? (laughs) And remember, the instruction manual doesn't have anything about feelings.